I'm tired. Is anybody else tired? Yeah. Is anybody like not tired but super amped? Oh yeah! Okay. <laughs> cool. Good. So that means tonight's a late night. I think there's fun stuff going on. Oh yeah, a lot to do still. Awesome. Great. Well guys, uh, we're going to continue tonight our talk about true friendship. What friendship is and what it means to be a good friend to each other as we know Jesus who is our friend. Uh, if you remember this morning, we talked. We started reading Ecclesiastes 4, and we talked about one of, the, one of the marks of true friendship is that friends help each other. And one of the reasons we need help from friends is because relationships can be hard, because some of the hardness of the world and, and the hardness of relationships happens from our heart. Like, we, we all need help. Sin has affected all of us, and friends can be a place where we have help to grow in grace. But friendship is more than just helping. Tonight we're going to look at another aspect of friendship. And that is friendship is also holding. Like holding each other. So good friends help each other, and good friends also hold each other. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Back in Ecclesiastes 4, uh, we've been reading verses 9 through 12. I'm going to read all these again. But really just looking at verse 11 tonight. So this is our passage. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. And this is our big verse tonight, verse 11. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And that's it. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father in heaven, we ask you that as, as we come to hear your word tonight, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us what it means to hold each other, and that you would show us that you, our Lord and our friend, hold us. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, I love TV shows, so I think about TV shows a lot. I watch them a lot. Uh, I've talked about The Office quite a bit. Shout out to my Office trivia friends. We killed it today. It was fantastic. But there's another show that I grew up sort of liking because my mom really liked it. A show called Friends. Have you ever heard of the show yeah. Friends? Friends. So Friends is like this kind of, it's like a fantasy show. It's about six people in their 20s and 30s all living together in New York City and just being like buds and, sh and being like family. And uh, David Schwimmer, who's one of the actors in Friends, is, quoted as, is calling the show a fantasy because he's like, all of us want that. To just live with a group of friends that feels like family and just share life together. But almost, almost none of us really have that. And he says that going back and watching reruns of Friends for him is like watching a fantasy. Uh, and one of the most famous things about Friends is the theme song. You might know the theme song of Friends. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. There's the clap, the clap part. But that wasn't the clap part. Um, so, yeah, it says, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you like you're there for me too. And the big idea of that song is like every verse is just saying all this terrible stuff that happened, you're losing your job, you're having a bad day. But hey, it's okay, because when you get home from all this hard stuff, I'll be there. And that's a really beautiful thing. Because friends aren't just somebody that helps us grow. They're also somebody that, that helps us live. Because the hardness of relationships and the hardness of life doesn't always just come from the sin in our hearts, right? Sometimes it's really not our fault. It comes from the world around us. And we need friends not only to help us grow, 
but also to look at us in the eyes when things are hard and say, I know this is so hard, and I'm here for you. And that's another aspect of friends. That's what I mean by holding. Friends hold each other. And that's actually what we see. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what we see going on right here in verse 11. So the writer of Ecclesiastes is giving us a metaphor. In talking about friendship, he says in verse 11, If two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So it's a metaphor. It's drawing from this, this very particular context. This is being written in the ancient Near East, which is predominantly desert. What do we know about deserts? They're hot. They're super-duper hot. But that's only in the daytime. At night, deserts are super-duper cold. We also know at this time that as, as far as we were able to ascertain, they did not have cars or trains. And so traveling took a long time. And the average person traveled by foot. So you would travel over long distances on your feet. So people, when they were going from town to town, would travel together in groups. And the nights would get very cold. And so they would sleep close to each other because it kept them warm. It's how they got through the cold night. People didn't walk alone because, because they, they, it was dangerous. They actually needed other people to walk through the coldness of night through them, with them and then lie next to them in the darkness to keep them warm. And if that sounds like a metaphor, that's, that's because it is. The writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, this is also what spiritual friendship looks like. When the night of life gets cold and dark around us, friends who hold you, who are close to you, who are there, they make life sweet. And that's how we get through it. You know, something I've been saying this week is that friendship is God's answer to our loneliness. And sometimes, you know, loneliness is because we're sinners and we need, like, the grace of friends to help us. We're also lonely because life is hard. We don't have it all together. And there's also things that even if we did have it all together, it wouldn't matter because things get tough around us. Uh, that, that could be something as simple as school. School gets difficult. Uh, things in our home can be very difficult or scary or confusing. Uh, as we move towards college, if any of you guys are thinking about going to college, we start to ask questions about, well, who actually am I? And what do I want to do with my life? And, and how am I going to move in that direction? These things get scary. And those are just small things like, I know that there are some of you in this room who have things that have happened in your life that, are just, that I wouldn't be able to understand, and they are just despairingly difficult. And I want you to know I'm sorry. And that, like, Jesus Christ asks more than you to just, like, suck it up and get over it. He knows the hardness and the darkness of life and longs for you to be held. Because you were made not to just grow and be tough, but to actually be held and hugged. Even the toughest of you, you guys need to be hugged. And friends are, are God's gift to you to give you that warmth and the difficulty of life. Um, there's something that actually kind of blew my mind. This was in uh, U.S. News and World Report. Anybody read U.S. News and World Report every morning? Just like with your, with your Cheerios? I, I don't, but I was researching and found this. I think it was really cool. They had an article dated February 3rd, 2016 called The Health Benefits of Hugging. And it goes like way, like all the way through the science of like what happens when people hug each other. It's kind of bonkers. But this this sentence really stuck out to me. Uh, hugging releases oxytocin, which is like a, a comforting hormone, and it can have a trickle down effect throughout the body, causing a decrease in heart rate, a drop in stress, 
and can lengthen your life. We're, we're talking about hugging. Right <laughs> Isn't that kind of amazing? That hard, about hugging each other, I see that. Like, something is actually hardwired into our bodies to need the... It's not just the physical act of hugging. It's not that there's something magic about putting your arms around somebody necessarily. It's that someone is next to you and is willing to hold you in the hardness of life that actually does something to our bodies and our souls. That's how we were designed. And if you want to know what this looks like uh, in practice, uh, there's, a, there's a relatively famous scene in the Gospel of Mark. Um, anybody, anybody heard of the Gospel of Mark? So there's this guy in the Gospel of Mark who has leprosy, and leprosy is a really awful skin disease. There's a lot that's bad about leprosy, but here's probably the worst thing about leprosy. Because of everything that leprosy does for you, you have to leave town. Like, you have to move out of the community because you can't be around other people. And so they, these colonies were set up outside of Jerusalem where lepers would have to go and live, separated from their friends, separated from their family, and separated from the temple where they would go and find God's forgiveness and have communion. The life of a leper was super hard, not just because of the pain of an incurable disease, but because of how it kept them away from other people. And in Mark chapter 1, Jesus is walking through town and a leper approaches him, which would have been a pretty frightening thing to do because people thought leprosy was super contagious. And he asked Jesus to heal him. Jesus heals a lot of people in the Bible. He heals a woman by looking at her and saying, be healed. He heals, he heals a, man's, uh, a man's daughter who's in a, in a different town, or son, in a different town, like miles and miles away, and just says, healed, and is healed. So Jesus doesn't have to do anything spectacular to heal somebody. But you know what's amazing about this scene? This leper comes asking for Jesus to heal him, and Mark says that Jesus reached out his hands and took hold of the man. It's, it uses the language of reaching out his hands twice. And what it means is Mark wants us to see that, that in this scene, this man is asking for healing, and Jesus is reaching out his hands and putting both of his hands on the man. Why is he doing that? He doesn't need to do that to heal him. This man probably hasn't been touched in years. This man has probably not felt the closeness of another human being who said, I'm not afraid of you, and I know things are hard, and I'm here. He's probably not felt that in years. And Jesus knows that this man needs more than healing of the disease on his skin. This, this man needs more than to know that God can do something miraculous. You know what the man needs to know? That God cares about him. In fact, the man says, Lord, he doesn't just say, Jesus, heal me. He says, Jesus, I know that you can heal me if you will. So he's saying, I know that you're powerful, Jesus, but do you actually, like, I don't really know where your heart's at, and this is where I'm at. And so and here's how Jesus shows him that he cares. He reaches out and puts his hands on him. Jesus doesn't, he, he, don't, he not only can save you, he cares. He cares enough to hold those who need to be held. And this is the picture that, that Ecclesiastes, and then lived out through Jesus here, is, is drawing us to. And that's that because God not only can and does save us, but, act, but actually cares for us, 
He wants more for us than just being forgiven of sins. He also wants, here's a word we use a lot, communion with us. He wants friendship with us. He does more than help us. Jesus himself holds us. And so that creates a picture of what our friendship should look like. Um, this doesn't mean, like, just start hugging your friends all day long. <laughs> but sometimes it might. What it really means is, like, are our friendships places where when life gets hard, we're, we're, willing, to, we're willing to be there, to be present? The presence of a friend is one of the most amazing things. Um, I haven't even found with my daughter, like, if she's very upset and crying and I don't know what to do, nine times out of ten, if I just, like, put my hand on her back or hold her in my arms, her breathing slows and she calms down. Because we were made for connection with people. And that's why God gives us friendships. You have people around you who not only want to help you grow and not only want to hang out and have fun, but they want to be there when life gets hard, the night gets dark, and the road gets cold. So the questions that, that we should be asking is, uh, I realize this is a tough question, are we friends like that? Are you a friend that can be a safe place for those around you when life is hard? Probably sometimes, probably sometimes not. But what Ecclesiastes and what Jesus is trying to draw us into is, is imagining a future where we can grow in intimacy with our friends, where we are able to not just help each other, but to hold each other in the hardness of life. Uh, let, me, uh, let me tell another story. Is that okay if I just tell another story from my life? That I like, told myself I wasn't going to tell the story because I've told it like a gazillion times. But I think about it all the time. I don't know why it stuck with me. When I was... Uh, when I was in college, I was playing a board game with some friends, and I got really angry, and I flipped the board game over. It was risk, so all the pieces went everywhere. Like, huge mess of stuff. Like, everywhere. Pieces all over the floor. It was on a deck, so like, through the deck. I ruined the game. Game over, man. Uh, and you know what I did in that moment? You know what I did? I stormed off. I ran to my, to my room, I closed the door, I sat on the bed, and I felt like garbage. Because now, my friends knew I wasn't just George who they can play board games with, I was George who has an anger problem, and you definitely don't want to go on George's bad side because he will flip risk upside down. And th this is actually a story I could have told earlier this morning about how this like helped me to grow my faith, but this is actually one of the most powerful things about that. I, I didn't know what I was going to say until I worked up this whole speech about, uh, psych, that was funny guys, right? I remember when I did that, totally joking. Uh, I, like, tried to, I was thinking about how do I play this off so that these guys don't think that's who I am. And what I did was I'd come up with this like semi-believable speech. And I walk out of the door of my room, and you know who's standing there? One of the guys that I played risk with, and he has no idea what to say with to me. He's like, I don't know what to say, but I know he needs something. So you know what he does? Puts his arm around my shoulder, and he goes, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do stuff like that too sometimes. And then he like, kind of, little tight hug. But there was something in that moment where his arm rose around me, and I was like, 
my heart rate slowed, I calmed down, and I knew that I can walk back into that room where these guys are playing, and there might be some hard stuff we have to deal with, right? But they're still gonna be there. I wonder what else could go wrong, and people, and people would still be there. And as I've found in my friendships, and I hope that you will see this as you, as you, tend to, as you grow up, that like, something changes in our hearts when things happen in our lives that are terrifying, and people who might otherwise leave stay present, put arms around us, and say nothing. Or maybe just say, <sighs> And the simple reason is because we were made for friendships that hold us. So let me close with this. Remember Jesus, who can save you and cares about you. Tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about how Jesus is our friend. We're going to spend all the time focusing on, like I've said that, what does it mean that Jesus is actually our friend? Uh, sing that song in your head as you go forward tonight, that Jesus is our friend and we have a friend in Jesus. I've been singing that all day. Uh, it like kind of ruined how I thought this, but also made it wonderful. Uh, it's the best. That song's deep, y'all. There's that line where he says Jesus is going to zap you, and he goes, zap. What does that mean? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I got sidetracked. But here's what, here's what I want to say. Like, we talk a ton in church, and I say this because it's true. We, t- we talk a ton about this because it's true. That, like, Jesus came to earth to help you get over sin. He came to earth to forgive you of your sins so that you won't be a sinner anymore, right? We say that a ton. That's the gospel. That's not all of the gospel. Jesus didn't just come, he wasn't just like hired to come and and fix this problem for us. And God doesn't love you because Jesus died for your sins. Jesus came to earth to deal with all the sin stuff because he loves you and he wants to be close to you. He helps you because he longs to hold you. Jesus can save you because he can. And that is why friendship is a place where we hold each other, because our friendships model a God who not only looks from us afar and tries to save us, but looks at us and loves us so deeply in his heart and longs to hold us that he comes to be with us. And that's really good news. Okay, let me pray. Jesus, thank you for being a friend who holds us when life is hard and dark. Would you show us how to be friends with each other who hold each other in the same way, who offer each other the gift of presence and the gift of peace. In your name we pray, amen.